on Memorial Day weekend especially, I think of all of those in our military who have given their lives that ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. And I am so grateful. My mother had a cousin, some of you have heard me share this before, who served in the Vietnam War and lost his life over there. And one of the great points of pride for me was being able to take my children when they were very little to the Vietnam War Monument in Washington, D.C. and to find his name engraved on the wall. And we took, they had paper and crayons and you could take the paper and you could trace the name. And I remember taking that back home from my mother. And so we are so grateful for all the gifts. And today, on Memorial Day weekend, we also give thanks for the gifts that our service members have given for us. Today we continue our theme of, of um, characteristics of the Christian community that is sheltering in place. And today we wanted to focus on an invitation. Last week we took a look at the challenge. Today we wanted to focus on an invitation and the invitation is this. It's an invitation for us to become spiritual families. The apostles, Peter and John in particular, were confronted with a challenging question. Let's take a look at our reading from chapter 4 to see what they were confronted with. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and of the earth and of the sea and of everything in it, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear the threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in proclaiming your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Make miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. The apostles had been confronted with the challenge. What do you do if you are being threatened for worshiping in the name of Jesus, the Messiah? What do you do, especially if that threat comes from your religious authorities? 
with Jesus' death and with his resurrection, Peter and John continued to go to the temple regularly, as did the other apostles. We read a couple of weeks ago and then into last week how when they went to the temple, there was this crippled man, a lame man, who always laid at the gate of the entrance to the temple. And that instead of giving him silver or gold or any kind of financial help, what Peter and John did was Peter took his hand, lifted him up, and proclaimed that he was now healed in the name of Jesus. And the man began to stand up and to dance and to sing and to praise glory to God. And so the people had questions about this, obviously, and so Peter began to teach them. They were speaking to the people in the temple about what had happened to this man. Yet, for speaking, in the name of Jesus, they were arrested by the religious leaders. They were thrown into prison overnight. And then they were questioned by the authorities in the next day. After conferring with one another, the council of the Sanhedrin came back and they said to Peter and John, this is our, our decision that, that you should never again speak the name of Jesus. Peter and John looked at each other and they said together, how can we stop from speaking about what we have heard and seen. You see, they couldn't stop, and they wouldn't stop. And so the authorities threatened Peter and John and their whole community again. What happens to us when we worship God and then we are presented with a threat that doesn't allow us to worship God. Well, one of the things that we have to remember is that this story in Acts is still an internal story. This is a story amongst Jewish sects, divisions in a sense of, of Judaism. This would be kind of like an argument that would happen if Lutherans had a theological disagreement, which of course we have never had. <laughs> All right, you can get up off the floor now if you've been laughing that hard. And so, so if maybe the Presbyterians would be a better example. They have never had any kind of arguments, have they? Oh, they have. Okay. Well, what about the Methodists? They're in a big one right now. Okay. Well, point being made is that this is an internal argument. Christians don't exist yet. This is a sect of Judaism and the Jews are fighting with the Jews. And we have to be clear about that. This is about those who believe in Jesus and those who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so as we clarify this argument, it helps us to understand that Peter and John go back to the other believers, their friends. And when they report to the other believers about the Sanhedrin, the authorities and their threats, these believers respond in this particular way. They run around like, like a mice, a bunch of mice in a maze, and they're fearful and they're afraid of everything that's happening. They cower in the corners and they hide in fear. No, that's not what they do. 
then this is what they do. They organize a protest, with placards even, and they go down in front of the temple and they begin to protest. No, that's not what they do either. What did they do? These believers, these followers of Jesus, they responded to these threats differently because they were not of the world, they were in the world. You see, that's what distinguishes us or is supposed to distinguish us as Christians. When Jesus told his disciples and his followers that we are to be in the world, it's okay to be in the world, but not of the world. There is a distinction. You see, if you are of the world, the world owns you. The world possesses you. You see everything through the world's perspective. And so, if you rely on your cable news outlet for your worldview, you may have become a part of the world. If you know more about your favorite political party or your favorite politician than you know about the Bible and about prayer, you may have become of the world. When they heard the report, these believers... They didn't run and hide. They didn't protest because they were not of the world. When they heard this report, they turned to prayer. It says that they lifted their voices as one to God. And this is what they prayed. Hear the threats of these people against us and give us boldness. Give us courage. <laughs> excuse me Jesus taught his disciples and his followers to be different to be in the world but not of the world to be a spiritual family to be a spiritual family means to worship together to care for one another in need to pray together to be devoted to the teachings of Jesus to share the mission of of God's love with the world. This challenge that we talked about last week, the challenge of the authorities arresting Peter and John, this challenge gave them a new invitation to be a closer spiritual family. If they're going to be prevented from going to the temple to pray and to worship God, they could still pray and they could still worship God from their homes as a spiritual family. And that's what they began to do. To be the church, I like to think that we need to be today more like the church, this early church, in the first, in this book of Acts, in these first chapters of the book of Acts. We have been coming together to worship together online and we will continue to do that, even if we can't open for a while yet. We're going to continue to worship together. And once we are able to open um, and publicly worship again, we will still continue to offer this online because not everyone will be safe coming to worship to this public space. We will also continue with our Acts ministry. 
to be able to care for one another as you have needs. And we will also be developing and redeveloping our prayer ministries, a prayer team that will lift up your petitions daily so that when you email us a prayer request, call in a prayer request, when you tell your caller you have a prayer request, we will lift up those prayers with our prayer team every single day. And as we continue, perhaps by July, we hope to begin a monthly service of healing and prayer. We are continuing to collect support for our Help One Another Fund. This fund will not go away even when the pandemic does. You see, after our prayer ministry is up and running, we will begin to focus on discipleship and mission. And then we will also need that continued support. We have been confronted with a huge challenge as a church. And this in a simple way, is how we are responding to it. Worshiping together, praying together, caring for one another, developing discipleship, and growing our mission. And in a moment, I will share with you how you can begin to do this from home. It is 
want to invite you to become a spiritual family with your family and with your friends. This is one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave me. You see, we still went to church every Sunday. I was in Sunday school and confirmation and youth group. I sang in the choirs, the children's choirs and the adult choir. But what they also gave me was that we were a spiritual family. We had devotions every day. Our favorite was Little Visits from God. It is still published by Concordia Publishing House. And uh, so I'm not that old, right? 
And, and in addition, there's other publishers. Sparkhouse is a great publisher. They have wonderful devotionals for families. But we had a devotional every day growing up as, as a family. We said prayers together before every meal. We thanked God for the food that we were about to eat. We also had a, a, a mini worship and prayer service every night when we went to bed. I bet it took at least 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. We'd sing songs and hymns and prayers. And my dad wasn't even a preacher. And so my parents gave us this gift. And I want to invite you to give this gift to your children, to your family, and to your friends. This pandemic is a challenge that is giving us an opportunity, an invitation to confront it, not with our fears, not with our great ideas, but to confront it with the name of Jesus. And may we respond the way those earlier followers responded when they were threatened by praying. So when friends come over, or family comes to visit, don't stop being a spiritual family. Don't stop doing these things. Continue to pray before meals when friends come over. Continue to share daily devotions. Continue to have nighttime prayers with your children, even when they have overnights with their friends. Some of you may be saying that, well, I couldn't do that with my family. I'm not strong enough or I'm not spiritual enough. Let me tell you what happened when they did this in Jerusalem. Because I think many of those early believers, they were certainly, they were certainly empowered by the Pentecost event. But we know that they had many failings, many, many questions and doubts. And so what was happening to this early church was, I think, instrumental. It says in Jerusalem, after they had finished praying, that the building that they were in, where they had been praying, that the building shook. When you first hear that, you may think, oh, they had an earthquake. That's what we think out west here. This was a sign, however, from God. This was a sign that God was present with them, that the Holy Spirit was being poured out over them. And the reason I can tell you this is because they were devout Jews. They knew their scriptures. They knew that in Exodus chapter 19, when Moses goes to Mount Sinai to meet God face to face, they knew that when, when God revealed himself to Moses, it says that the mountain shook from the top to the bottom. In Isaiah chapter 6, one of my favorite scriptures, when Isaiah is called to be a prophet of God, to speak the word of God to the people of Israel on behalf of God. When God presents himself in Isaiah to Isaiah, it says that God was so large, so big, that the hem of his robes 
filled the temple. The temple was this big space of place of worship. And God, when he revealed himself to Isaiah, was so large that it was only the hem, the bottom hem of his temple, uh, the bottom hem of his robe that filled the temple. And as it filled the temple, there were seraphim, these are angels, around God singing to God, singing praises to God. And with God's presence and the voices of the angels, it said that the temple shook to its very foundations. So in the book of Acts, when Luke writes that as they prayed, that the building shook, these people knew why it was shaking. They knew that God was there. And they knew that God was performing these miracles. And they knew that God was giving them boldness to proclaim the name of Jesus. You can do this, people. God is with you. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit upon you. God filled you with his Holy Spirit in your baptism. God continues to pour out. That's one of the great blessings of the Spirit is that it doesn't get contained. God will pour out his Holy Spirit so that it overflows into your life. And as God is present with us, let's start building spiritual families. Some of you may be saying, well, I don't have any family. I'm alone. But you're not alone because you have friends. You have neighbors. You have fam family that maybe live far away. And one of the things that we're learning in this pandemic is how to get connected, how to remain connected with technology. So we can do this. You can become a spiritual family, whether you're related or not, because in Christ we're all brothers and sisters. You can do this. Let's make a commitment together to accept this invitation to become spiritual families. And let's do this in a way that, that perhaps we could even make the foundation of this church shake. Today I would like to conclude our sermon with a prayer. Will you pray with me? Mighty and powerful God, in the midst of this illness, give us courage, not fear. Give us boldness to be spiritual families, to witness to your name, the name of Jesus. Give us hope and bring us healing. Help us to become spiritual families for you, Lord, and for one another, that all may know your name. Amen.